you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, welcome into the Austin Audible's podcast, Emergency Edition. We've got a verbal commitment for the Oregon Ducks, and we're going to dive right into this. And we've got Brandon Buckner, a three-star linebacker, defensive end out of the state of Arizona. He has announced his verbal commitment to Oregon. We have more in-depth reaction to that on 24-7 Sports and the Oregon site, DuckTerritory.com. But we're going to discuss kind of where this plays out right now for the Ducks with his verbal commitment. Chandler, Arizona, prospect from Chandler High School. He's the 10th best player in the state of Arizona. He is the 65th outside linebacker in the country, and he's a top 1,000 prospect. Uh, three-star player, had offers from Arizona State, Oregon, Arizona, Colorado, Fresno State, and a couple other Power 5 schools, um, Maryland, Oregon State, Iowa State, UNLV, Washington State. I, I, I think I look at this as this is a guy that's got multiple Power 5 offers. Some schools like Washington State, Arizona State have good defenses. They they typically like you know they typically know what they're doing with with recruiting. So if you're looking for any kind of validation aside from Oregon's coaching staff, which I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, there's that. Um, this commitment wasn't necessarily a surprise. I mean, I had my crystal ball in for him a while ago. All six predictions before his commitment were Oregon. Um, I think the surprise here is when it happened, not necessarily that he committed to Oregon. Yeah, you communicated the fact that there might be people star-watching a little bit here. We mentioned prior that Oregon had, coming into this, eight verbal commitments. Seven of them were four-star. Buckner is not a four-star. He's a three-star. He's actually the lowest-rated verbal commitment in this class at the moment. Um, so I understand reservations. I think Matt said it perfectly there, though. If you're questioning why Oregon took him, just trust the, co- the coaching staff. They're the ones who made this decision. They're the ones that recruited Buckner. They're the ones that decided to bring him in. If that's not enough, then I don't know what to tell you. In terms of Buckner, I look at him, and, and you're right, he's kind of an odd fit positionally because he plays a little defensive end in high school down there. He plays a little outside linebacker. He's listed at 6'1", 234, which is kind of a strange size for either position closer to an outside linebacker than a defensive end, obviously. I mean, I guess a defensive end maybe he could develop into a Dwight Freeney type from at the Colts back way back when where he was a little undersized but great speed rusher off the edge. Um but Buckner also, we should say, continues a trend in Arizona. Um, this is the fourth verbal commitment from the state. This is Oregon now has four of the ten highest-rated prospects in the state of Arizona, including the top two in Bram Walden and Ty Thompson. Um, Jonah Miller, who committed last week, uh, is the fourth or the other Arizona commitment. He's the fifth-rated player in the state. So Oregon doing a ton of success in Arizona, um, a lot of momentum down there. 
And it's a great place, like we said in previous podcasts, to build that momentum because there are always going to be a lot of top-tier talent down there. There's six four-star recruits in the class down there just this year, and you look through it after that, there are a ton of other guys that are clearly going to end up at Power 5 schools, probably Pac-12 schools. So uh, a state that is good to build some relationships in, uh, again, always good to build relationships into a school like Chandler. That school's had some talent come in and out of there over the years. Um, I think you have to be really excited, again, that Oregon continues to go down into Arizona, have some success, and is building a pipeline. I'd have to go back and look. I can't imagine there are many classes where Oregon has signed four or more players from the state of Arizona, which is what something that looks like they are going to do this cycle. And I, I think this is – there's a lot of positivity in taking this commitment. I, I, I think he's a high upside guy. He's ranked as – an outside linebacker, but he's listed as a strong side defensive end. I think that gives you an indication that he's kind of a tweener. Um, mm-hmm. I think at Oregon, he's probably going to be an outside linebacker. And this is a player that has a lot of versatility. He won an MVP uh, linebacker award at the opening in 2019 as a sophomore when everyone he was competing against were juniors. So, that should tell you a little bit about his ability to, to make plays. I mean, he was the best player for an age group one year up from, from him for the opening um, regional camp. So he's he's got athletic ability. He's got, I think, some good size. He's got good offers from some schools on the West Coast and schools that are known for their defenses. And he's another player from a state in which – I, I truly believe that if you, if any school, in particular Arizona or Arizona State, and it's kind of embarrassing that neither of those schools have been able to do this at all, ever. Yep, it is. But if any school could could go into Arizona and kind of become the destination school in that state, you're going to get four or five, six guys every single year that are high impact Pac-12 players and. Buckner is is going to be just another one of those players that helps in that regard. And I share your belief that it is a little sad, frankly, that Arizona and Arizona State have not done that down there. And Arizona State in particular, with the way it seems like the recruiting has gotten better the last couple of cycles. Um, I'm not, to, not going to take a shot at Prentice Gill because he left Oregon for Arizona and Oregon's gone down to Arizona and, and kind of cleaned up down there. But it is it is disappointing, I think. That the, that's, that the in-state schools aren't able to hold on to these guys. And a thing I said last week, I think it's a positive that at least a Pac-12 school is able to hold on to some of these players. Cause, and you even see it in the top ten for this class, or the top seven, I should say, top six you know, in the state of Arizona. Denzel Burke, we talked about last week, he's committed to Ohio State now. And Stephen Ortiz, another four-star defensive back from the state of Arizona, has gone to Minnesota. So it is a positive that some of the players are staying in this region, at least in the Pac-12. But... You'd like to see Arizona and Arizona State do a little better. At the same time, I don't think Oregon and Oregon coaching staff or its fans are complaining about that fact at all because um, I think this can play off really big going forward. And the the schools that they're making inroads in are pipelines, and they are feeder schools in terms of they are going to develop talent every single cycle. And if Oregon can continue to pull these guys in, you understand what that cumulative effect is. It doesn't take that long for a bunch of guys who maybe played together, knew each other, were in the same social circles to see, hey, we get a chance to play together at a really competitive school and, and understand the positives of that kind of dynamic. I mean, we've seen it just four years ago in L.A. when mm-hmm. Willie Taggart, Mario Cristobal, and some of the other coaching staff members of this team 
at Oregon currently, Joe Salavea, Keith Hayward, um, when, when they were brought in, they made it a point to go into SoCal and keep Thomas Graham, keep Diamond Lenore, keep Nick Pickett. Yeah. Then go in and they added Austin Folio and this group the, the following year, they, they go in and, and they add a couple more. And then the, the next year, Crystal Ball's second season at Oregon, they signed Kayvon Thibodeau. They signed Mace Funa. They signed Michael Wright. And now, Oregon is the destination for a majority of SoCal kids. A lot of them are automatically putting Oregon in the top five without Oregon having to do a ton of, of work there. And now we're seeing that early foundation be laid in Arizona under Mario Cristobal. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Tyler Shuck, Johnny Johnson have really big years in 2020 that, and then Shuck obviously have, has it continue and carry over into 2021 maybe even into 2022, that over that next couple of seasons, we see what's happening in SoCal pop up in Phoenix, where, you know, that that's a metropolitan area that, that produces five stars every year. It produces top 100 players every year. It, it produces top 250 players every year, multiple. And it wouldn't surprise me if that becomes a regular occurrence where Oregon's going in and grabbing those guys. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's let's look at the, the long-term impact of Buckner to, to the linebacker position in, in the film review that, that we've got of him. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the bike. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. You ready for this? Yeah. If it's the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast, Emergency Edition. We're breaking down the commitment of three-star prospect Brandon Buckner. Uh, from Chandler High School in Chandler, Arizona. Eric, you watched his film. Let's start there. What stood out to you when you watched his film? He gets in the he gets to the quarterback. He gets in the backfield a lot, and he's undersized. You you look at him. He doesn't have a traditional build. I think if he was six foot five and weighed two hundred and thirty five pounds, he'd probably be a high four star recruit that a lot of people would want. But the fact that he's six foot one, I think it kind of muddies the water a little bit because he is a little bit smaller, but he's very productive. You watch him, again, he's in the backfield all the time. He's, I think, really savvy in how he attacks the quarterback. I think he's got pretty good burst off the line of scrimmage, and he's, you know, you see him speed rush past some tackles sometimes because he is quicker than them. But when the tackle is up for the challenge, he shows the ability to use his feet to beat him, to use his hands to beat them to get to the quarterback. But the general consensus I saw was just that he's a guy that lives in the backfield, which is why I look at him. And there is question about where he fits positionally going forward. I think he'd be a really good fit at that stud linebacker spot. Um, I don't know if he's going to be ever big enough to play defensive end and put a hand down there. You know, maybe he's six foot one, two hundred and fifty pounds. Is that the right size for that? It's probably not ideal size to play stud either. But I think you can make up for some of that height stuff off the edge. And, and why I think that position is great is it plays into his strengths, which is you just get him and tell him, hey, go after that quarterback. 
find a way to get to the quarterback, make some sacks, force some fumbles, make, you know, force tough throws. That's where he excels. And so I think in Oregon's offense, he would be a great fit there, even though there's still, I think, some uncertainty of if he's an end or if he's an outside linebacker. I think outside linebacker and that studs position in particular would be a really good fit for Buckner's skill set. Now, depth chart wise, I think outside linebacker is, is one Eric. I would think there's probably the biggest need because you've got a lot of defensive ends within the system. Yeah. Um, already you signed a bunch in, to, in the 2020 class. There weren't a lot of outside linebackers. And while I, I will say there isn't a senior senior, a single senior, excuse me, on the roster that plays outside linebacker. There's not even a junior on this roster that plays outside linebacker. There certainly, though, could be an opportunity where Adrian Jackson could go pro after this season. It wouldn't surprise me if Mace Funa is someone that goes pro after the 2021 season as a true junior. So there's certainly an opportunity and a need at the outside linebacker position if you're going to sign linebackers in this class. I'm in agreement with you there because I, I look at this and go, I, I, and I'm operating because I think he's a stud. And if he's a defensive end, you look at it a little differently. It's actually sort of similar in terms of the depth there. They do have a couple more experienced guys that they're losing on the defensive line, Austin Value being the only defensive end. But if he is a stud, I look at him and go, okay, you've got Mace Funa, who I am expecting to be the starter in 2020 likely the starter in 2021. Matt brought up a point that he probably goes pro after that. I think I can get behind that concept. I think that would make some sense. There really isn't a clear guy after that. It's, you know, is it Trevin Ma'ai who was there as a, this spring? We don't really know much about Trevin. We don't. We think Trevin has upside. People are high, excited about what he can provide, but I don't think there is a guarantee that Trevin Ma'ai is the follow-up to Mace Funa at stud a couple years from now. I don't think you can say the same thing even about and Adrian Jackson, who doesn't really play that stud spot, we should say. He's playing on the other outside linebacker spot. I don't think we can say that about an Andrew Johnson or an Austin or an Andrew Folio either, who are both outside linebackers but are primarily playing the other spot. So there really isn't a ton of depth at that stud spot going forward or really clarity past the next couple of seasons. So I look at Buckner and think, like, I'm not expecting he signs and he comes in and he starts and he's immediately a superstar. In fact, I look at him and say he might not be somebody who you want to play every down because he might not be big enough or good enough in coverage to do that. But as a, somebody who's solely an you know edge-rushing guy, I think by 2021, 2022, 23, he's certainly somebody that's capable of being a disruptive edge-rushing presence, especially on passing downs. So I think this is a move that makes a lot of sense. It makes sense in part because – they don't have a ton of players on the roster that, at least right now, are clearly playing that position that I think he's going to play when he does get to Oregon in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I look at this as this is a player that he's he's going to redshirt in 2021. Yep. And if he doesn't redshirt, then you, that 100% validates everything that you thought because he's far exceeding expectations already. But he's going to redshirt, and he's not going to have to be thrust into a playing time role until he's ready. And that's basically up to Brandon Buckner. And I think that's that from an athlete perspective, that's exactly what you want. Like, Hey, I, I, I have no pressure to come in and succeed right away, but if I can, I will play. And that, that there's, I think that's the perfect setup for anyone out there for, for playing. Um, you, you know, you, you can come in and, and make an impact right away. 
the opportunity is, av- is available for you to do that, but it's not a requirement. Um, he has, he's, he's going to be most likely given some time to develop and, you know, knowing the track record of Andy Avalos and Ken Wilson, the linebacker, the, the other linebacker coach that Oregon has on staff, I, I fully believe this guy is going to be developed into a pretty good player, especially if he's playing stud, he'll get some time with Joe Salabea as well because the, the stud position plays and practices, I should say, with both groups, the linebacker coaches, and then they also get some time with Joe Salavea. So mm-hmm. if you give Brandon Buckner a couple years of time with those three coaches, he's going to get better. Well, it, when we look at this class now, up to nine verbal commitments with the addition of Buckner, we talked about the, the four stars in this class. How do you see Buckner impacting, I guess, Oregon's approach for players that play a similar position. I just kind of say that because he is a hybrid right now, so we're kind of including defensive ends, maybe an outside linebacker, and kind of the same category of what he plays. Matt, do you look at this and go, oh, Oregon found their guy, that's the only player they needed at this position, they're done, or do you think there are some players that they're going to continue to try to target to build out this 2020 class from an edge rusher perspective? Yeah, they're, they'll still go after some defensive ends. I don't think this impacts anything with defensive ends. Um, I would look at Players like Jonathan Flo, four-star outside linebacker, Oregon would would take him no matter what. Um, I know there's certainly going to be some discussion with Ian Jackson, outside linebacker from Alabama, but probably not realistic that he comes to Oregon right now. Uh, Yanni Carliftis, West Lafayette, four-star outside linebacker. He has Oregon in his top four, but... At the same time, it's going to be difficult getting him away from Purdue or Wisconsin, I personally think. So I, I think Oregon has found their their one linebacker in Brandon Buckner. Um, now it's can you shoot for the moon and can you go out and sign um, a high-rated four-star, five-star outside linebacker to, to play that position. doesn't impact anything with the inside linebacker group, I don't think. Um Defensive end, it's not going to impact anything either. I, I still think they try and sign two, maybe three outside linebackers in this class. Inside linebacker is going to be totally a different deal. I don't anticipate them signing more than two. They've already got one in Keith Brown. So I think Brandon Buckner is just the first of multiple linebackers that they sign. Okay. I think that's going to do it for us on this breakout emergency podcast Brandon Buckner commits to Oregon another Arizona player the class continues to get better and better uh it's funny like three or four weeks ago Eric we were asked a mailbag question is it time to freak out with Oregon football recruiting is should there be anything to be concerned about and I think it's become fairly evident that no there there's nothing to be worried about with Oregon football recruiting the way that they are tracking the way that, that they're progressing and adding players, this class continues to shape up as one that's on track to be the best in school history. The only way you're maybe concerned about this is if you don't like getting verbal commitments, because that's <laughs> basically all Oregon has done since we there were concerns raised about their ability in this class. Uh, they've answered the call every turn. I think when they, we took those questions, they had like five commits. It's like three weeks later, and they have nine, and, and there's possibility of more. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think uh, you, the sky is no longer falling, and you have to be really optimistic about the trajectory of, of what this class is looking like. A lot of reason for optimism. All right, that's going to do it for us.
for Eric Scopo, myself, Matt Frame. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Adios, amigos. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.